I know you would like to some kind of way extract something out of this bottle. Yeah. Uh, Let's go early. What we do? I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. What'd you think of the new intro, man? You know, I gotta say, as a Georgia fan, as a Squidbillies fan, pretty tight. Feeling pretty good. Yeah, I never thought that uh, I would endorse Squidbillies on this show. <laughs> but um, if you've never watched that show, anybody listening, you're, you'd be well off to go watch it. At least give it an episode, because it is difficult to get into, but... <laughs> Once you do, it is so worth it. Especially if you if you grew up in the South, it's pretty great. Definitely, yeah. It's sort of become a weird kind of through line for this show behind the scenes. Just sending little moments of Squidbillies that are are funny uh, back and forth. Them dogs is hell, don't they? Oh, them dogs is hell, don't they? Side note about Squidbillies: um, I've got an old roommate that is actually from this small town in Georgia called Ballground, Georgia, mm. and in that show, they reference Ball Ground as being like the nearest town. So he's from literally where Squidbillies is set. Which is unbelievable because I lived in Georgia my whole childhood, all the way up to, until I was 18, and my parents still live there, and I've never heard of Ball Ground. So that is that is impressive. It's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting place. Next time you're back home, you should take a through <laughs> I'll Ball take Ground. a drive through, yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah, post some into Instagram. Anyway, yeah, feeling good, man. Not going to lie about it. Can't hide it. Feeling great. What a game. Um, well, we had talked about if, um, you know, we had talked about maybe Georgia's actually the better team and maybe the first go around. The original was just a fluke. And um, I don't know, maybe that was the case. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk some news or you want to just dive right into it? Well, first I should do this. Okay. You're listening to Ask the Bottle, an SEC fan cast. Write to us at askthebottlecast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottleCast. Listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You already know what I'm about to say. Review us! Yeah, leave us a review and a rating. That would be real chill. Um, All right, now let's get into the game. All right. Uh, We watched this game together. We did. We, for the first time all year, sat down and watched a game. And what what a game to watch. Except for that game, that Vanderbilt game that we went to. Oh, yeah. We did go to that. Um, Remember whenever we drank all that (laughs) Kool-Aid? It was definitely something about that game just put us on the Vandy trail all year long. And we didn't... Man, if you you witness a a Vanderbilt win in person, it changes you. It does. It really does. Especially the way... I mean, Derek Mason was, you know, celebrating and all over the field. And they, they had everybody into it. And then, you know, they sing. And it's like, man, this is... I want to be part of this. They, they're going to go undefeated. Um, if you had any doubts in your mind how bad we are at running a podcast, we just started off talking about the SEC championship game, and now we're talking about <laughs> Vanderbilt, Kansas State. I just want to take this opportunity to thank each and every listener that listens to this show. You are wonderful people, and I owe you, we owe you our lives. No doubt. I think that shows just how both good... And bad we are at the podcast. Or just what the uh, podcast is like in general. 
<laughs> let's let's give the people what they came here for. Let's talk about the SEC championship game. <laughs> yeah, and no doubt. Um, well, just to dive on into it, the final on this one was Georgia 28, Auburn 7 in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, this one certainly – it just sort of slowly got out of hand, you know? Um, we were talking about sort of what the turning point was because Auburn looked great at the beginning of the game. Uh, March right down yeah, the I field. Mean, they, yeah, they scored on their first drive, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was eerily similar to what happened in the uh, previous game to Georgia where they came out, marched on the field, scored, and then everything kind of fell apart. Um, but, uh yeah. It was a good game. The uh, essentially, I mean, just some background. You know, Georgia cashed in on its first SEC championship since 2005. Ends up now number three in the college football playoff rankings and is set to face number two Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl as a result of this game, which is wild. Yeah, and we'll yeah we'll talk more about the uh, the playoff picture um, a little bit later. Uh, but that is maybe the worst draw for Georgia. Yeah, uh, because that's just that's just a hell of an offense, man. Yeah, and you know you're playing what's presumed to be the Heisman winner in Baker Mayfield, and but yeah, we'll get into it. We'll we'll talk uh, matchups. We'll talk stats. As far as this game goes, I mean, what'd you think? Well, I thought that Kirby just came out at like I mean we we talked for probably 15 minutes last episode about what we we what would we do if we were Kirby? Oh yeah, and um. And you were totally right, man. He just did what he does. But the only thing is, is he just did it so much better. I don't know what he did different practice-wise for this game or what, but he had his team totally ready. They looked completely prepared, made very few mistakes. Fromm made, like, completed the passes that he had to complete when he was asked to. And what really helped them out is Auburn had a kind of a difficult time holding on to the ball. Yeah, uh, I had told you multiple times during the game, if you had told me coming to this game that the two guys that were going to turn the ball over um, and fumble for Auburn were going to be Stidham and, and carry on. I would have been like, yeah, right. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously carry on didn't look a hundred percent wishing for a, you know, speedy recovery for him just in general as they approach the bowl game. But yeah, I mean, Stidham took a lot of shots uh, got a lot of pressure, you know, carry on held to 3.4 yards per carry. Um, and then just increasingly throughout the game, Auburn playing from behind and Sidham ended up throwing it 32 times. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And, uh, Georgia's run game, you're right. They just ended up doing what they do best. And then, uh, the receivers were just there when Fromm needed him. I mean, he had two passing touchdowns in this game. They only had the one rushing touchdown, but the team rushed for like 238 yards, uh, with Chubb, Michelle, and Swift, I'll get into it. With Swift, you know, the only rushing touchdown on the day was Swift's long run to basically to ice it. Um, so, yeah, it was not I, – I, I was talking to my dad before the game, and he was like, you know, what do you think? And I was like, well, it's either going to be like a, a you know, one score or like a one- to three-point game, or one team is just going to start, you know, just catch fire at some point and uh, – and just run away with it, and that's kind of what ended up happening. What do you think the turning point was for this game? You think uh, you had said it was a blocked kick? You think that was it? Yeah, it was. It was that, or and I'm not sure what point the game the Stidham sack fumble happened in, but it was either that sack fumble or it was the blocked kick. But it's got to be for me. It's definitely the the kick because 
it was such a chi- I mean it it couldn't have been more than a 30 yard field goal mm-hmm. and just to have that opportunity just completely erased um it's pretty demoralizing uh I mean even if you're only down by like a few points it's still just it's enough to definitely kick you right well what's wild no pun intended <laughs> well what's wild is the sack fumble happened when it was seven nothing auburn uh in the it was like in the beginning of the second quarter and georgia you know after recovering the fumble uh comes down and scores on the isaac nana pass uh reception and then they they kicked a field goal after some auburn punts and it was the end of the half and then auburn comes out and it was the beginning of the second half it's 10 to 7 georgia and the field goal you know you figure georgia just punted you figure uh, auburn's got a shot to tie it up and kind of get some momentum back and uh, then they block that kick, and then there's a pair of punts, and then Georgia kicks the field goal, so it's 13-7, to and then carry-on fumbles. And uh, I think that's, yeah, just sort of all, the dominoes just started to all kind of fall um, slowly but surely, and then, you know, Georgia scores two more times, and the rest is history. But, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, definitely the, the Stidham fumble and the, the block kick are... Um, yeah, and you could make a you could make an argument for the for the carry on fumble too. Oh no, being doubt. a turning point because I mean thirteen seven is still totally attainable. I mean you score you're up a point already, so no doubt. Know. I mean after uh, yeah, you know they they head back down and, and score on in like four plays uh, after that carry on fumble, and then there's a punt, and then there's you know the swift touchdown, and and to me the that sixty four yard swift run was the I mean that's the backbreaker. Um, but it's just wild. Nobody scored in the last 10 minutes of the game. And uh, anyway, uh, a great game for the dogs. Really encouraging to see them uh, win in a neutral site. Obviously, I know it was in Atlanta, so it's, you know, but I, I would like to actually know the, the crowd spread. Uh, but um, anyway, it just makes me think a lot about how about Auburn at home this year? Goodness gracious. I mean, I think that they were just unstoppable at home and just struggled on the road. Yeah, it would seem that way. I mean, what was their biggest road win? Uh, like Missouri? <laughs> it was Like really, because I mean, cause Arkansas didn't end up being a good team. Yeah, because they, they beat Arkansas and uh, Missouri – they and lost to LSU on the they road. They lost to LSU on the road. They lost to Clemson on the road. And that was, yeah, they the only road games they won all year were Missouri and Arkansas. Um, and Missouri ended up being the better team. Oh, and they beat Texas two. A&M on the road. Um, oh, te- okay, that's a that's a pretty good win. Yeah, that's a solid but, win. But, I mean, still, that that is a good point that you make. Um, I never really thought of Auburn as a team like that. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I was just kind of realizing it, and it's just funny to me. It's just funny looking at this this uh schedule for auburn because you know they lose to number three at the time clemson then they they win four in a row they lose to unranked lsu on the road and then they then they go out and they beat georgia when they're number one at home and then they go out and they beat alabama they're number one at home and then they lose to georgia in atlanta so it's just yeah it's just wild um but um Honestly, an unbelievable year for the Tigers and uh, Georgia just able to, like we talked about, do what they do best. Yeah, and real quick, just before we move on, I just wanted to make sure we got this in. Um, Huge congratulations to Nick Chubb for becoming the second all-time rushing leader in the SEC. Man. In this game, he passed Darren McFadden for the number two spot. So congratulations to him. 
Um, sucks to see my boy D-Mac drop the third, but if there's anybody that's deserving of that, it's Nick Chubb. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about how, uh, obviously, Chubb had the injury, but, uh, you know, McFadden did it three years. Both amazing players. Unbelievable for, for Chubb to to be at that point. Now it's just him and Herschel, top two, right? Yeah, yeah, two Georgia boys, top <laughs> top two rushers in the conference, man. Good That's crazy. Gracious. Well, I got to say, as a fan, unbelievably happy um, with how this game turned out. Unreal season for Auburn. I mean, to unseat Georgia when they're number one and then beat Alabama after, you know, uh, definitely being – not counted out, but but definitely things not looking great. I mean, big big stuff for Gus. Anyway, speaking of Gus, you want to hop into some news? Yeah. Um, obviously, if you have been keeping up with any of this coaching carousel craziness, um, Gus Malzahn decided to sign a contract extension with Auburn. Um, Auburn matched Arkansas's offer of 50 mil, gave him 49 million, seven-year extension. Um, which is fine. Like it, I get it. It's a money thing. Um, when they go seven and five next year and people will want his head again, we'll talk, but, um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, just because he hasn't been consistent. I mean, at Auburn, he had a crazy year and then he'll have like three, seven win years and then he'll have a crazy year like this one. And so we'll see if they ramp back. I mean, obviously I don't want anything bad to happen to Auburn. I have plenty of Auburn fans in my life that are all super awesome people. Um, but any, I will say that any f- tendril of support that Gus Malzahn still had in the state, they're gone now. Um, I think he's burned his bridge with Arkansas, um, which is fine. I mean, it's fine. Like, it's his decision and, um, you know. But anyways, yeah, so he's he's done that. Um, I, I guess also in relation to the Arkansas coaching vacancy, Mike Norvell signed a contract extension with Memphis mm-hmm. to stay on, which is huge for Memphis. Yeah, that's because, um, a good move they were, for them. They were primed to lose their coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, congrats to both them and Iowa State for somehow hanging on to their awesome coaches and all this craziness. I don't know how y'all did it, but um, very nice job. So, without further ado, I do have an announcement related to Arkansas, and it's a very good one. Drum roll. That was a terrible drum roll on my part. Chad Morris is the new head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. That was the most, like, <laughs> Chad Morris intro. Yeah, uh, anyway. <laughs> of of SMU. Um, now, and also, we have an AD. I feel like I should mention this. Hunter Juracek out of Houston, um, who's the same guy who hired Tom Herman at Houston, so that's pretty good, I think. Um, I don't have as much stuff to talk about as far as the AD goes just because I mean I'm not a fan of ADs I'm a fan of football but um Chad Morris I have a lot to say so originally like I'm not gonna lie originally when Arkansas hired Chad Morris I was like okay that's kind of cool I guess like I don't really know that much about him I'd read up a little bit mm-hmm. but um you know Gus Malzahn was a huge name obviously Mike Norvell is a huge up-and-comer so it was like if you don't get your two top guys, it's kind of demoralizing, right? Mm-hmm. But the more that I've been reading about Chad Morris and the more that I've been seeing SMU fans talking about how awesome he is, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, everything that I've seen online from all, all these SMU people are like, we are really depressed <laughs> that we're losing this coach because he's amazing. Now, his record at SMU is not that incredible. It's 14-22. and 22, But he took over a team that was in the pits. They went... 
one and eleven his first year, which is not good. But this next year they went five and seven, and then this year they're bowl eligible at seven and five. Improvement is improvement. That's what people want to see. And this brings for okay. First of all, let me say in relation to Arkansas, Arkansas fans, just prepare for a stark departure from Brett Bielema's offense. <laughs> I think most people will be happy about that. If you haven't watched SMU play, go, just go online if you're an Arkansas fan. Go to YouTube and watch some 2017 SMU highlights and tell me you're not excited about this offense. They are fast. They spread the ball around. They have quick offensive linemen. They use their receivers a ton. They run a five receiver or a four receiver set pretty much every play. Um, I'm very excited for this offense. And a lot of people don't really know about know this about Chad Morris and they don't really like care to dig into it because there's a bunch of Arkansas fans right now that aren't super happy with this hire and if you do any research on this guy I don't know why you're not happy with this if you look at SMU's bare record and take that as your only metric for hiring a coach yeah you're going to be upset it's 14 and 22 it's not that great but you don't look at any of the context surrounding it and you don't look at the fact that from 2011 to 2014 he was the offensive coordinator for uh, Clemson yeah and he recruited this one quarterback at Clemson I don't know if you've heard of him Deshaun Watson yeah pretty good Pretty good. Um, he took Clemson's average points per game from 24 to 41 in a year. And oh, on top of that, I've read a story that Deshaun Watson was so committed to playing for Chad Morris that he had to be sat down and told by the rest of the coaching staff that you're committed to Clemson, not Chad Morris. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if anything, that should tell you Oh, and here, here's another difference between Chad Morris and Brett Bielema. So Brett Bielema's first year at Arkansas. Do you know what he did, hmm. Mitch? Have I told you about this? I don't think so. He went to the Texas High School Football Coaches Conference and basically walked up to a podium and told them all that the hurry-up, uh, no-huddle offense that they're running um, hurts players. Hmm. So basically, from day one at Arkansas, he alienated himself from Texas recruiting. Because every te- every high school Texas co- every high school coach in Texas was basically like, oh, okay, well we're not going to let any of our kids go to Arkansas. Ooh. Do you know what Chad Morris did? It's his first year at, at at SMU. What? Personally visited, he and his staff personally visited every six A high school football coach in the state of Texas. Yeah, that's what you want. And just got to know him. Was just like, hey man, like I'm coaching at SMU. Like, just wanted to get to know you, get to know your kids. Like trying to do some recruiting like on one side you have someone who completely alienates the biggest hotbed of college football or of high school football players in the country and you have the other one who embraces it so i think arkansas's recruiting in texas is about to spike <laughs> which is very good because historically arkansas as a program has fed off of texas and so i don't know i'm feeling really good about this hire yeah, I agree. I uh, I was kind of the same way where, you know, obviously this this was a guy that was sort of always at the, uh, you know, bottom of the list after the, the top targets. But, yeah, I mean, a, a great resume and a, a improvement at SMU uh, in his three years there. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing that I, I don't really see as being likely, but I've heard talk of, have you heard this talk, that he's essentially targeting uh, Brent Venables? Um to come and be as DC. I have heard that. And, um, I, I wasn't going to mention it. Um, 
that would shock me. But I think it's I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, I it, it would shock me too. Um, and I'm you know I'm glad you brought it up in the end of the day because um, it, it's kind of a hot button thing right now. I mean, I know a lot of the fans in Arkansas would be super. I mean, I think every single fan in Arkansas, myself included, would be over the moon. Yeah. If Brent Venables was like, yeah, I'll come be the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Him and Chad Morris are real good buddies, man. Like, I can see it happening. But at the same time, it is so unlikely. I mean, guys, let's be honest here. Like, I, I it, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's a. I think it's just a weird move. Well, it, I mean, like, look at it logically. Why would Venables want to? I just don't. I just don't. It's not making sense in my mind. Yeah, like, why would you make a a lateral staff move to a school that's struggling while you're at? one of the top four most dominant programs in the nation year after year. Yeah, I Yeah, I mean Clemson is a perennial powerhouse and Arkansas is not. Right. Um and I don't and I don't know why you would Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know why you would just take the same position at a at a lesser um school. I mean not to say that I mean not to say that, you know, Arkansas is less than Clemson, but I mean I mean if the past five years are of any significance <laughs> Yeah. I would definitely say that they're they're less because um I mean, Clemson right now is, I mean, is on a probably decade-long roll, and I don't know why he would want to be not a part of that. Yeah, it just makes me wonder what the move is for Venables if there is one. And uh, but he certainly does not have to worry about that right now because they're in the playoff firmly. But um, oh yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, I figured. And, if and also in regards in regards to that Venables thing, I I don't think it's been any confirmed in, uh, above any level other than just fan speculation. Oh yeah, it's totally. So just, that's that's one of those things. It's just like oh, I heard maybe like uh like okay. <laughs> yeah, it's totally like oh oh, wouldn't that be cool? But you know, I figure if you're if you're Chad Morris, why not try and hit a little home run ball? But, I mean, uh, try yeah. try. I mean, he's he's a buddy of yours. Be like, hey, come on, man. <laughs> well, on the flip side, uh, the Vols still don't have a coach. But Fulmer is uh, the new AD, which uh, hadn't broken by the time of the show last week. Uh, I think that's a phenomenal move for the Vols. Yeah, and that's a move that I'm surprised didn't even happen like the last go round. Right. I, I mean, you would just. Th- I guess they just needed. <laughs> Phil just came in when they needed him most, I guess. But uh, have you been hearing uh, kind of the candidates for the UT job? Uh, yeah. You could, man. You could. If you printed out all the names that Tennessee's gone through, you can make a roll of toilet paper out of that. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I have I have seen a little bit of the names. Obviously, you have um, Auburn's defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, which would be a home run hire, I think, at this point. You mentioned last week T. Martin, and I think you kind of were a little bit prophetic in that because now he's kind of showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard some little rumblings about it, and uh, yeah, yeah, but he's definitely been contacted about the job i don't think he's interviewed or anything uh jeremy pruitt yeah i love jeremy pruitt alabama defensive coordinator which would also be a great, great coach hey. um yeah uga their defensive coordinator mel tucker yeah that was an interesting one to me i i to be totally honest i uh i would need to do some more research on mel's career before georgia but yeah a lot of defensive coordinators in the uh on that list uh to me it sounds like it's kevin Steele's job to turn down at the end of the day uh he uh went and interviewed recently and uh i don't know i think it's kind of his job to uh let's see let's take a look mel tucker 
Oh, yeah. He used to be, uh, 2015, he was Alabama's assistant head coach. That's right. And uh, former Bears defensive coordinator. So, yeah, uh, Vols might end up with some really strong defensive play, which after this year I think would be really great, especially given that. And if, uh, if they do end up, if they do end up landing Kevin Steele, I mean that's that's pretty good for them right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think that would be a, a pretty decent hire, all things considered. I mean, if you hire anybody with a track record, and anybody with a track record in this conference, like I think you should be happy. And if I'm as a Tennessee fan, if I'm Tennessee right now, and I'm Fulmer, uh, and I've seen the coaching history at Tennessee as of late since since he left uh I would be trying as hard as I could to land one of these defensive minds and then find a way to, to secure T Martin to come and be my offensive coordinator and uh with the with the incentive that there is a head coaching position for him at this school or at least an assistant head coaching position somewhere in the future uh, that would be my because the team, frankly, the defense didn't play well. I, I do not have any trust in uh, the offensive staff that Butch had built. So uh, I'd be trying to do that about as hard as I could. I think that there's, to me, it's T. Martin and one of these guys. That that's how I feel. But uh, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. I still think they have a shot to to like you're saying get a really quality hire out of this. I, I really don't think that the sun has quite set on the Vols just yet. I think they got a good shot. Well, you know who's available? Les Miles. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but you're right. You're right. Um, man, I think if they, I mean, I think if they called him, he might do it. They, I've heard that it's, uh, it's, it's been shut down. It's not going to happen. But, I mean, I think it'd be fun, you know? Like, why not? I mean, I, th- I know Les wants another shot at Florida. Yeah, come on now. now that especially is with, true. Especially with especially with Mullen now at the helm. Now that would be incredible. Less against um, Mullen in their first years at new schools. That'd be crazy. Well, what I was gonna say is, um, there's an offensive coordinator available. His name is Kurt Roper. There is Kurt Roper, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks uh, co-offensive coordinator, let go. Uh, which I think was a good move. That offense, you know, they had some great playmakers, but just weren't really getting the job done. Well, and especially if you look at their box scores, I mean, I know you doing all these games all year, you you slaved on, all over their box scores. Oh, I watched a and lot. And if you look at them, game it's football, Debo. Yeah. It's just Debo. Yeah. Well, and then I he, mean, if you actually look at schemes that they're running, it was kind of like before he got hurt, it was like, get Debo the ball. And then now after he was hurt, it was like, let's just avoid running the ball. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, you know, he came over from the Browns, uh, which usually is not a good intro for anybody. But, uh, yeah, I think at, at this point with Muschamp, you know, you're you're really trying to figure out uh, who to keep. You know, I'm sure his job is at a pivotal point, uh, especially going into the next season. So, yeah, I think it was a good move. I think, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, honestly, I wonder how that team would have done if, uh, if guys like uh, Debo had stayed healthy. Uh, like nine wins. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. Something like that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about this Jimbo Fisher thing. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher officially moving on from Florida State to coach the A and M Aggies. Got a monster contract. Yeah, the world's fattest 
contract. <laughs> yeah, it's a fat uh, 10 year, $75 million. I don't know about your math, but mine adds out to about $7.5 million a year. Yeah. Which is just ludicrous. Yeah, uh, he described the move as being, you know, kind of a no-brainer. And uh, if somebody offered me that kind of money to go coach at a school that is comparable uh, to the one I just left, I'd probably do it. Did you see? Now, what I'm about to say is not a shot at Texas A&M, but did you see that video of him getting off the plane? I saw that just that it basically looked like borderline, like presidential, the way he was... Um, I would describe it more as like North Korea. (laughs) Oh, did you see it? It was so weird. No, no, I didn't see the video. I just saw pictures. What happened? Oh man, you got to watch. Okay. We got to put the video up on Facebook or our Insta or something. (laughs) It is worth watching. It's him. Like it's a completely empty runway. Let me set the picture. It's just a barren tarmac. Uh Right. And he's, he's like a little Texas A&M jet and he's got like a big, like maroon carpet lined up to the jet. And the the Aggie, there's like an Aggie drum core thing that's like beside the the carpet, and they're just like this really creepy, like little like monotonous beat that they're doing. Oh no! And they're all like standing at really creepy attention, and he just like walks alone off the plane, like by the. It was super weird. You got to watch it. It it looks like it looks like you would watch like a dictator oh getting out gosh. of a plane and like walking in. It's it's super <laughs> worth a watch. All of you out there, if you haven't seen it, um, now that's not a slide at Texas A and M. It's just super weird. Just the man. way it looks. Yeah, yeah. It's every school would be weird to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I mean, Aggies are weird. But. Well, you know, they're certainly. Uh, I have just seen everywhere else. They're certainly rolling out the red carpet for him, and uh, he's got. I would think there's a lot of pressure. That's going to be on him oh, going dude. into next season. I mean, the pressure is so going to be pressure. insanity. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm super pumped for this Southwest Classic, by the way. Oh, I believe it, yeah. You got the young up-and-comer in Chad Morris. This is Chad Morris's first uh, Power 5 job. Wow. Like, head, coach, head coaching job. So, obviously, like, big expectations there. But then you got Jimbo on the other side, like, left everything. Basically, just... Just packed up and left yeah, Florida State. Just left. Rough just year left. on all sides of things. And uh, Did you see the DeAndre Francois tweet? No. What did he say? Uh, he just, like, after it was announced that he was going to AM, DeAndre Francois just basically tweeted something to the effect of, like, you didn't call, you didn't text, you could have said something. Ooh. So apparently he just, like, I think he just dropped his stuff and left. Just like, ghosted basically just, just Just basically ghosted. Um. Which, I mean, if you got that kind of money knocking at the door, I don't see why. I mean, you can make your own decisions, man, but, um, you know, I don't know. I think maybe his players deserved a little bit better than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't understand. You know, obviously we don't really know anything that happens behind closed doors other than what we see from the media and what we see from footage. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, when you recruit a kid, that's not the end result. That's not how you want to leave that relationship. Um, so yeah. weird to me, you know, it, it's a bummer for for guys like Francois uh, and just Florida State players in general and any player that's had a coach just up and leave like that. But uh, Florida State, you know, they got, they got a shot to get it right as well. we'll see yeah, they happens. got Willie Taggart out yeah. of Oregon. So um, Oregon's now uh, welcome to the riot, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Florida State, yeah, happy they got Willie Taggart. He's a good coach. Kind of sad for Duck fans, though. Um, now, I know this isn't a Pac-12 or an ACC podcast, but I'm kind of sad for uh, Duck fans just because he never really got a chance to get anything set up there. I agree. Um, 
but uh, but I think he's going to be wildly successful at Florida State, and um, it remains to be seen how Jimbo's tenure will end up at Texas A&M. Yeah, definitely, and I, I do think that uh, he's going to a Texas. Or, I mean, a Texas going to a, a. I think Taggart's going to a Florida State team that I mean had talent. They just lost their QB and and had a lot of problems, but uh, had a lot of games that they had to miss because of the hurricane. Yeah, and everything. exactly. So it's like it's just a rough. Yeah, it's a rough thing, but um. But anyways, welcome to the conference, Jimbo. Yeah, welcome, Jimbo. Um, see you, Kurt Roper. Ole Miss, yeah. a little little minor news. They're uh, deciding they want to let players transfer uh, amid the NCAA sanctions that they are facing. I mean, I think that's, to me, that's the only move. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I don't know. Obviously, that's another thing that I don't really know exactly how the process works, but, you know, if guys want to leave because they can't play in a bowl, especially guys that are upperclassmen, they should be able to leave. Yeah, it's a difficult situation just because, um, you know, they did have some success this year, regardless of what you want to, you know, label your success as. I mean, a six and six season in the midst of all this is, is a pretty good That's job. That's a success to me. Yeah, for That's, an yeah, absolutely, coach for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, they have a great <laughs> offense, um, but it's kind of just one of those things, man. Um, obviously, I don't know. Shea Patterson has is talking about Michigan. Um, That's going over there to, to me to play under Harbaugh. Obviously, the Michigan Jet landed in Oxford, and I think he um, should do that. Harbaugh came to talk to some guys, and uh, I mean, if Michigan's hurting for some quarterback play, that's for sure. Because we um, know Ole Miss is not. No, Ole Miss is no. They're they're blessed with quarterbacks over there, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think Ta'amu um, has a future in this offense. Me too. And I don't think that he should be worried at all. I think that he um, needs to stay right there. I know it sucks not to be able to play in a bowl. But um, you know he's a young guy. He's young, and and I think Shay uh, just wants to go. I, I for from what I understand, he just wants to go play somewhere right now. Yeah, and uh, you know you you sit hurt on the sidelines and watch Tamu um basically just steal your job right out from under you. Uh, I guess I don't blame him. Yeah, you know, go where you're most wanted. Um, is how I feel about it. So yeah, we'll, we'll certainly see. But yeah. Uh, Definitely going to be an interesting offseason for Ole Miss uh, as they try to continue the recruiting process and have some, I'm sure, some guys, maybe some big-name upperclassmen leave. Uh, moving on, the uh, Heisman race, just to touch in on that, kind of seems to me like it's Baker Mayfield's spot to lose. Um, I don't really know at this point what can knock him out of the race, man. I mean, I think it's just kind of like the baker mayfield trophy right now yeah um, obviously you got you got bryce love in there who has been so amazing player. oh my gosh just insanely good um who who also is very deserving of the award uh and then you have lamar jackson in there which kind of just seems like there wasn't really a ton of candidates <laughs> this go around <laughs> um because lamar's been in there once and i mean he's on an underperforming louisville team um he's still a great player but um, obviously just not in that national spotlight this year. Um, do, is there any players that you know or could think of right now that should go should be in the Heisman race right now? Well, the funny thing, just, just on Jackson real quick, the funny thing uh, is so last year Jackson has 3,390 passing yards, 1,538 rushing yards, and 51 total touchdowns. This year, 3,489 passing yards, so more passing yards, uh, 1,443 rushing yards, few less rushing, and 42 total touchdowns. So, I mean, he still had a good statistical year, but uh, but yeah, it was certainly uh, it's just the fact that they finished eight and four, and uh, uh, it would be interesting. But other than him and and Bryce and uh, 
and uh, Baker Mayfield. It's kind of after that point. There's a lot of guys that I think are incredibly talented, but I don't see, uh, you know, really as having a shot. If that makes sense. But those yeah, are the finalists. Really, really, to be honest with you, I'm surprised uh, the third place spot isn't Saquon. I know that's the only. That's that's what I was. That's the only. It guy. really blows my mind that he's not in the top three after this kind of year. Now I know that they got beat, and I know that they ended up underperforming. But um, I mean, you watched you watched his play or his uh, his highlights from this year. Like, how is this dude not in the top three? Right. I don't even know what I was just saying. I, I you cannot leave Saquon out of that list. I mean, dude is an unbelievable athlete. I think it's just because Penn State just started the year so much differently than they ended it, and. And you know things change, but you know you got to pick three finalists, and uh, and that's just how how it ended up. Uh, well, look. I mean, because if you remember, the first half of the season was pretty much just like, well, it's it's Saquon's trophy. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Like, really? I mean, everybody was pretty much like, well, here's your Heisman winner, and now uh, he's not even in the top three, which is interesting. But uh, but anyways, yep. So uh, congrats, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless something wildly changes. Seriously, um, but we'll, we'll certainly see. That goes um, another just a, an interesting news after Scott Frost departure from uh, UCF. Um, he will coach. He will coach the bowl game. He though, will coach it? the bowl game, which is going to come into play yeah. in uh, our our later stuff. But uh, Missouri offensive coordinator Josh Heupel, uh new UCF head coach. So more offense. For, Dude, good good snag. UCF. Yeah, man, good hire. You could have easily dropped the ball on this hire. To me, um, that's like the most like under the radar like swag hire of the year i mean i don't know we'll see how it goes but yeah i agree well his his system's gonna fit in so perfectly with those recruits that they've got definitely at, at, in, in central florida and um uh kind of a blow for barry odom who is definitely on the upswing right now but uh i mean i have no confidence that the way that they finish their i mean i have all the confidence that the way that they finish their season odom's gonna be able to convince somebody just as good to come i agree i agree i mean for that team to end up with seven wins is, is certainly an accomplishment based on how they started um but yeah that uh that about wraps it up for our news uh we've talked about the game just to wrap up the season after the conference championships uh the final ranked sec teams are georgia at number three Bama number four, both in the playoff. Auburn coming in at number seven. LSU at 17. And Mississippi State at 23rd. How about this? Uh, what do you think about the bowl selection in general? Because um, that's a big I topic. Is, I know this is an SEC <clears throat> podcast, okay? Okay. And I know that we focus on the SEC here. And I want the SEC to do well. But um, I'm a college football fan. <laughs> And I'm not a conference homer. I never have been. Um, I I don't I'm, I don't like it that Alabama is in. I'm just gonna say it. I don't like it. I I've made it known that I'm not a fan of repeats and postseasons. Um, now if you I mean, if you deserve to be there, then maybe. But I in my opinion, Alabama does not deserve to be there. That's just my opinion. Look, you lose the only ranked team you play. You lose to them horribly. And you still make it in. Let me ask you the let me ask you a question real quick, Mitch. Before we, I guess, get super into this. Yeah. What is the what is the point of a conference championship game? To decide who's the best in your conference. Is that its only point? And to get you a spot in the playoffs. Which right. I just that just to me is just sort. Of, I mean, theoretically, obviously, there's there's only four spots. There's more conferences, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's you know, you decide who's best in the conference, and just based on 
records and and how good the best team in your conference is record wise you know you you would think it gets you in a high profile bowl right so that's 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 exactly you're exactly right but given the history of the playoff committee and how they've selected their teams it looks like missing out on your conference championship game is actually the better option (laughs) yeah because if auburn well so so just because alabama did not play in their conference championship game this year and they're in the playoffs. Ohio State did not play in their conference championship game last year. They got in the playoffs. And, and and Oklahoma, all Oklahoma did this year by playing in a conference championship game was run the risk of being left out. It was more detrimental for them to play that game than it was helpful. Because if they would have lost to TCU, they would have been left out. And if they just, they won the conference outright anyway, had they just done their round-robin system. You're right. Um, so, so what is the point in relation to the playoffs and having a conference championship game? You're is right. there any? Well, and I think this is, it throws us into this giant, you know, pool of hypotheticals. Um, and you, you just think, you know, Auburn beats Alabama, but Bama plays Georgia. And just, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, same result, Georgia beats Bama. I mean, you figure what Georgia and Auburn are in and, uh, Bama's out with two losses? Well I, well, I don't know. That's the thing. It's just like, I, but I don't know what would have happened around that. Like with the same outcomes? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think they would have put Ohio State in over Auburn. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they would have. And think I, they would have. And I think they should have put in Ohio State over Alabama. And here's why. Because, let's, all right, let's look at, let's just compare their resumes mm-hmm. just straight up, okay? They both have a rank, they both have a loss to a ranked team, mm-hmm. with Ohio State losing to Oklahoma early in the season, and then Alabama losing to Auburn. But then Ohio State had that huge loss to Iowa. Yeah, this is huge, which definitely hurts. And Alabama did not have a second loss. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State won their conference championship. And beat an undefeated Wisconsin, by the way. Beating an undefeated Wisconsin. Who is firmly in the playoffs if they win that game? So Ohio State has a big win over an undefeated Wisconsin for their conference title, and Alabama has a loss to a ranked team. Now Ohio State also has those other two losses, but in my mind, Ohio State's resume beats Alabama's. But I'm not on the committee, so. It's not mine to decide ultimately, but I just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Hmm. And that's just my opinion, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is all about. <laughs> that's what this show is founded well, what do you, on. What do, you, what do you think about it? Do you think, I mean, do you think it's the right call? You know, I've gone back and forth uh, about it, honestly, just to be completely honest. That's, I've been going back and forth about it. And I, I, to me, what I look at, and this could be, faulty logic this could be whatever you want to see it as but i think okay and this is really hard this this is why it's so hard to me is because you take clemson oklahoma and georgia and you just lock them in and you got this fourth spot and you look at alabama and ohio state and let's say we even know that this team whoever whichever team gets picked is going to play clemson who with a month to prepare has a better shot at beating clemson and I look at Saban and Alabama, and then I look at Ohio State and uh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah, I drew a blank. And um, 
I, th- I say Bama by my, by instinct, but then my brain tells me, you know, well, that's not the only factor here. I mean, if we could predict that, we wouldn't need to have this conversation because we would know and you'd know exactly, you know, as the committee, theoretically, you would know who to pick. So when we just start talking about this stuff, I, I do, com- I think that is an incredibly uh, good point that it devalues the conference championship in a very bizarre way. Um, so, so a solution, do you think that there's a better solution than the 14 playoff? Or do you think that, that just this is fair and you disagree with the committee's decision or is it kind of a mixture of both? Ever since they've announced this college football playoff, um, I've been against the 14 structure. It just doesn't make sense. If you have five power conferences, yeah, <laughs> and theoret and theoretically, if you want conference championships to mean literally, literally anything in the context of the playoff committee, then you need to have at least five spots. But five spots is not that doesn't make sense unless you give the the one team a buy. Right. But even then, that doesn't really work. Well, that you need to, to have a six. <laughs> you need to have a six team playoff. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, at least six. I would rather have an eight. But at least six. Well, and and I think that it's it's crazy because you know you look at every other you know you look at professional sports, and I mean that's why you have the concepts of things like wild cards. That's why you know it's it's literally like every division, um, and uh, but you know obviously there you have like in the NFL you have the you know the American and the National League. I mean sorry, excuse me. AFC and the NFC, and then in baseball you have the AL and the NL. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it it's a very weird in between way um, for the sport to work. And I think they should. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that there should be a commitment to if you're going to go with the playoff, you need to you know learn from the the successful sports that do it every year. You should have a six or an eighteen playoff. Yeah, and I, while I won an 18 playoff, I understand that the um, the argument against that is that stretches the postseason out so long. Yeah, um, which which is totally yeah, I totally get it, and that gives um, you know, that gives the teams that make it all the way they have to play like what that's like three extra games now. Yeah, that you have to play, and so I understand. Um, but the, there's already like 40 bowls. Right. So I don't think there's any any that's not really an issue. I think it's just the longevity of those particular teams having to play. But the reason that I really like it is it gives you a spot for all the Power 5 conference champions. It gives you three extra spots behind that for maybe an undefeated G5 team, like let's say uh, a UCF. Yeah. It gives you a spot for a really high-achieving team in one of those Power Conferences, like a um, Auburn or a Wisconsin. Right, 100%. or Or a Miami. Like, it gives them an opportunity to make a run. Especially because... Because because Georgia, look, man, whether or not we can admit it to ourselves, Georgia got a second opportunity. Oh, no. I 100%. In, a, in a weird roundabout way to do it, they got a second opportunity. I said it myself. I was – we were watching the Wisconsin game, and I was like – and granted, that ended up being a very close game, but – that I actually was, ended up being the best conference championship. Yeah, game. it was. Oh wait, uh, I'm sorry. No, that was totally Memphis UCF. Well, that game was red hot on fire, unbelievable. But um, and more of a reason, like you said, why you know you'd love to see a team like UCF in the playoff. But uh, yeah, I I said it myself. I was like, while we were watching the game, I was like, I'm so glad that Georgia had this game, this loss, 
earlier, you know, in the regular season and then got a second crack at it. I mean, what an unbelievable turn of events that is. And yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, there's teams here that we're looking at. If Wisconsin um, loses, you know, depending on which game in the middle of the season, uh, granted, they would still have to find a way to beat Ohio State, but it's still one loss and they end up in the playoff maybe. You know, it's, yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think it, it, there's so many variables here and it, it, it's kind of becoming you know, as it's always been a kind of a never ending conversation, but yeah, at least I think we can definitely fully agree on there's gotta be some way for, for the power five schools to all have a fair shake when it comes down to the playoff. And I just don't know how many years of this laborious four team process we're going to have to put up with before they finally move it to a six team. Well, yeah. And, um, and the more they change it, the more it sort of demeans the whole system, you know, because if it's ever changing, then you know, you kind of are like, well, you know, if, if it had been a six team in this season, well, maybe that school would have won. And I don't know. Yeah, because that's this, this is two straight years in a row they've put in a team that didn't even play in their conference championship game. Yeah. It's, and now last now last year they put Ohio State in there and they got whooped by Clemson. Yeah. So maybe maybe Clemson <laughs> just whoops Alabama this year. And, you know, you never know. I mean, that I, I just wonder if that kind of – again, we don't know what's going on in those – final committee conversations and it'd be very fascinating to sit in and watch that happen but uh yeah and i think that's this i'm glad that this is where our conversation is going because like i said when i start thinking about it you think about who who's the most likely to to beat clemson or whatever you know the team they play in the playoff but really when it comes down to the sport and leading up to it you can't really assume that and it doesn't matter as much as it does for all teams to get a fair shake if they've earned their conference title in the especially in the yeah. power five um, yeah, so anyways, congrats ESPN on your pending ratings. Oh. Um, definitely a, a power move by the committee there to put in, uh, let's put in a name team like Alabama. Um, but anyways, and congratulations to all of us for having to watch Alabama and Clemson for a third year in a row. <laughs> the sport's super exciting. God, it just got so dark. I'm sorry, y'all. No. I just, I just hate this. And you know what? And I say I hate repeats. The only other option was Ohio State and Clemson, which we've also already seen. It's true. It's true. And uh, and that opens up a whole other conversation that I know we've certainly been having off air a lot. But yeah, I mean, that's, but you know, that's the, the beauty of it. And it's, it's all about opinions and um, especially on this show and, uh, I just think it's a, a, at the end of the day, to me, it's a fascinating topic. And, and, but as a college football fan as well, I agree. It, it, I would like to see, I wouldn't like to see this type of uh, dilemma for, for a good team to have to face uh, as yeah. in Ohio State's yeah. case. Uh, I would like to point out, however, you know, obviously the, the Orange Bowl uh, and the uh, Fiesta Bowl are big bowls. But I would like to point out there's an SEC team in every single New Year's Day Bowl. South Carolina, Michigan, Auburn, UCF, LSU, Notre Dame, Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, for all of, for us basically spending the whole year being like the SEC is it's an insane year for the SEC and how bad some teams have been. I mean, that's nuts to me. Yeah, we're going to be busy that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, well, you want to go ahead and dive into um, dive into some bowl games and kind of like pick pick them apart a little bit. I would, I would love to do that. You want to you want to dive into just the top two right off right off the bat, just the big two right here. I was gonna start if you do. You want to start at the bottom and just work our way up to the uh, like as far. I was just gonna go through the SEC bowls and we uh, can do that. And we then just, yeah, we can start. We can we can work our way up to the big two and with the big the big ones. Um, sure. 
Okay, cool. Just because we've been, you know, I think we need a, we both need a little yeah, breather just a after from the, the, top four. the playoff yeah. talk. <laughs> um, I'm sure the listeners Sorry, do as well. by the way, sorry, Alabama fans. Look, I know you have a good football team. I get it. Um, I'm coming from a totally selfish personal place right now, so you can disregard everything I said if you want to. Well, again, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about, I mean, goodness knows the SEC is full of, you know, everybody has opinions and uh and that's the beauty of it i uh plus they ain't played their championship game paul <laughs> alabama might win it all so who knows oh god they probably will <laughs> <coughs> excuse me um but anyway all right, well let's 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 talk about the texas ball yeah game. yeah well, i know we were chatting about this over the weekend uh just the the thoughts about this the potential for this matchup missouri playing texas in the texas bowl what do you draw for Texas? Yeah, a red rough hot. draw for Texas. I te- I feel um, sympathy for Texas in this game <laughs> because um, I don't think with more time to prepare, Mizzou's going to be worse on offense. No, <laughs> um, I think they're going to be a lot uh, better if you can say that. Um, and look, I mean, this is a Texas defense that has underperformed this year. Um, and so I think that Drew Locke and his receivers are probably going to have no problem finding the soft spots. Yeah, no doubt. I completely agree with you. Uh, you said it over the weekend, and you said it now. Drew Locke is the person to watch in this game. I think he's going to absolutely light it up. Yeah, um, obviously Herman's got good things going at Texas. I think he actually is um, making some improvements there, and I think he'll have success down the road. But um, this is just a bad this is a bad time to draw Missouri, and it's like, it's like the last time Texas played in the Texas Bowl, they drew um, Arkansas, who was at the time a team that was on the upswing, having shut out their uh, mm. last two conference opponents um, that were both ranked. So, like, it's one of those situations. Um, and, and Arkansas ended up winning thirty-one to seven in that game. So it's just another one of those rough draws for Texas in the Texas Bowl, having to play a team that's just on fire. Yeah, I mean, it really is. feels like they're about to walk into a buzzsaw in this game. I mean, good night. Uh, Missouri's averaging 40 points a game. Uh, they are allowing 30 points per game, roughly. Uh, and these are approximations. But, you know, I just, yeah, I completely agree. I just think Drew Locke is just going to do what he does. And, and the run game became a thing towards the end of the year. So, uh We'll yeah, see. I don't know if they'll be able to move the ball super well on the ground. Uh, Texas does have a, a decent defensive line, right? But um, but I'm calling Mizzou in this game. For yeah, sure. I got them 31 to 21. Uh, we'll I, I, I I'll give them another I'll give them another touchdown. Wow, 38 to 21. All yeah. right. I, I think that's well, we've seen them do it to teams before, and uh, and Texas definitely isn't a powerhouse right now. So we'll certainly see what happens. Uh, moving forward to the Belk Bowl, Texas A&M Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, I, after all that hype about maybe possibly a Texas A&M Texas bowl game, I, uh, am not crazy excited about a Texas A&M Wake Forest bowl game, <laughs> but, um, but you know what? The, the Deacons have been way better this year than they have been in the past. Um, and Texas A&M has been not as good as they've been in the past. So, uh, possible sleeper maybe. Yeah. We'll see. How, uh, I mean, if you're Wake Forest, I don't know exactly how it would have shaken out, but I'd be pretty excited that I didn't draw Missouri. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could see Missouri just coming in there and just, just getting after it. Um, Texas A&M, kind of a question mark to me. I don't really know what they're going to look like in this game at all. 
after the season they've had and after the Jimbo move. Uh, but Wake Forest has been good, I will say. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Jimbo will be on the sidelines for this, right? Or no? Let me double check. You can let me know your take on the game, and I'll. I'll, I'll well, if it. he is, it's going to be different because if they're going to go with some interim, um, I would definitely pull for Wake in this one. But um, well, not pull for, but I would definitely pick Wake in this one. Um, but if Jimbo is going to be on the sideline, I mean, he's not going to have a lot of time to prepare. Um, he might light a fire under him. Mm-hmm. So it just totally depends on who's going to be that sideline chief. Um, for Texas A&M, but I think if you're Wake Forest, you're super excited about this game. This is definitely a lot of potential for you to take down an opponent that the general public would perceive as above you, and um, and it's definitely going to be one of those games that Texas A&M doesn't need to sleep on, because um, you know Wake Forest has put up a lot more offense this year than they have um, in past in in previous years. So uh, yeah, I'm still going to pick A&M for the time being. I'll pick A&M. Probably to the tune of like I don't know, let's say thirty to twenty four, something like that. Yeah, I had um, it. I have it at a twenty four thirteen Aggies. I, yeah, so that's that's probably that's probably what's going to happen. But um, Jimbo is not we'll coaching, see. but I I feel like the program is just going to have a lot of uh, momentum just in general. I mean, you know, everyone's excited. You know, the players are going to be psyched. I mean, you know, guys like Christian Kirk are going to have a good game. And uh, yeah, pro tip to both teams. Um, Belk is going to come and they're going to give you a $500 gift card to Belk. Uh, when you go on the shopping spree the day before the game, uh, just use the gift card. Don't shoplift anything. Oh, Jeremy Sprinkle. It's, it's really easy not to do that. Just don't, just don't do it. Like we just buy $500 worth of stuff and don't, um, don't just try to take anything else out in bags. Um, but that just, just, a, just a tip. You could take it or leave it. <laughs> you sound like you've experienced something like that from a player that you liked. Um, I've seen it happen once, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we uh, we lost the belt bowl. So um, I don't know. Maybe just refrain. Maybe just hit the trip out. Maybe buy stuff online. Maybe buy. Maybe buy yeah. Online. Maybe just yeah. Maybe, maybe buy your mom something nice. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, well, yeah. M- maybe get some Christmas shopping done. <laughs> Sounds like we're in agreement on that one. That A uh, and M has a good shot to get some early momentum going uh, into next year and win this one. Um, Music City. Tickets starting at eight bucks. If anyone's interested, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're going, man. Yeah, if I'm in town, I'll, no, just... I will go. <laughs> uh, um, Kentucky Northwestern. Yeah, uh, this is a not. You know, I, I was excited to watch Kentucky um, play in their bowl game just because I was excited to see who they drew in their bowl game. This is not a good draw, man. No, uh, Northwestern. Northwestern. Is- Northwestern's secret good, man. They've won seven straight games to close out the year, including beating Iowa, Michigan State, Nebraska, and Purdue. And uh, I don't see Kentucky winning this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, the same Iowa team that put up 50-plus on Ohio State. Same Michigan State team that beat Penn State. Yeah. Same Purdue team that was on the uprise, and Nebraska, eh. Nebraska but, just is a name. Threw him in there for the yeah, name. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I don't feel good about Kentucky either in this one. Um, now obviously we can be totally surprised. They have a lot of time to prepare. Benny Snell's an amazing football player. They've got some great players, but um, if you just look at on paper, um, I'm gonna have to pick Northwestern in this one. Yeah, if Kentucky wins this game, that'll be it'll be like we've talked about before, you know, seniors being seniors and Steven Johnson just having a heck of a game and, and Snell doing his part and the defense holding up. But yeah, I seems like Northwestern's kind of just like a freight train right now. And I think that they're going to win this one. 
as well. And at eight, and at eight bucks a ticket, you could see it. You could see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking Northwestern. I'm thinking it'll be close. I'm. Th- I'm calling Northwestern by a field goal, twenty four twenty one in this one. Who knows? That sounds good. That sounds pretty good. Um, moving forward, the Tax Slayer Bowl, Mississippi State playing Louisville. I'm gonna say right out of the gate, Louisville wins this game. Yeah, um, with a healthy Nick Fitzgerald, this would be a really good game. Amazing matchup with Nick Fitzgerald. Um, it's just amazing how much one player could make a difference in this game. Um, and it is so... Obviously, we wish nothing but the best for Nick Fitzgerald. Hopefully, he's going to be okay and be going to be good to go by spring training. But um, can you imagine the quarterback battle between Lamar Jackson and Nick Fitzgerald? I mean, this to me, it's like they already knew this was going to be the draw, and they just did it anyway. It's a it is a crime that the human race doesn't get to see that. God, I mean, that would be an unbelievable matchup. Uh, maybe this is uh, maybe this is Keaton's coming out game. You know, I would love that. That would be really cool. Um, Morehead, new Mississippi State Bulldogs coach uh, Joe, not coaching in this one, uh, but it should be this should be a Louisville win. If Louisville doesn't win this game, then forget it. Honestly, I mean, like, Mississippi State's a good team with a good defense, uh, missing their star quarterback. And, uh, but seriously, like, I know it's been up and down, you know. Um, Louisville had a good season, not the one I think that they were expecting, but they, they should win this one. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're probably right about that. I think uh, Lamar Jackson should have no problem throwing the football. He might have a little bit of issues running it, but um, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of that secondary. And um, and obviously, I think Mississippi State's offense is going to struggle. Yeah, with no Nick, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened in the, in the Egg Bowl, and uh, but we will certainly see. Uh, I'm calling Louisville 28 to 17 in this one, just because uh, I think the dogs' defense is solid. But uh, yeah. It sounds good. I'll take them. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Mississippi State with one more score. I think I think they they might keep it close. 28-24. Um, 28-24, maybe uh, I don't know. I mean, they came back out, in the egg bowl. Now that it comes out of my mouth, I don't really know about that. <laughs> but um we'll see. I'll I'll, I'll take you know what? I'll take I'll take Louisville like 35 to 24. Okay. With a month uh so you think Mississippi State puts up more points but can't stop Lamar. Uh, yeah, I think Lamar is just probably gonna go off yeah and i mean you know with key having a month to practice we'll see how he shows up it would be very encouraging for mississippi state if if, if he puts up a big fight uh in this one obviously uh fitzgerald you know hoping he, he gets well and comes back and plays but it would be very interesting um cool moving forward to the outback bowl south carolina michigan i love this matchup personally i think this is an too. awesome draw i do too this is the exact same um game that clowny we, 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 yeah i was gonna <laughs> think you beat me to it when jadavion clowny had that huge hit oh yeah um, and uh yeah i think this is an awesome game this might be one of the best ones yeah to be honest with you i think it's gonna be just a defensive grinder i think both defenses are gonna come out and play tough that's just what i'm thinking what are your thoughts yeah, I think so. Um, I think South Carolina has a better offense than Michigan does. I do agree with that. Um, Michigan's Michigan's got some great wide receivers, um, a great tight end, but God, their quarterback is so bad. Yeah, I just like Jake Bentley too much to. I, I, I him... like I, I like him too. I like him too. But the only problem is Michigan's defense is really good. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. This is just going to be an impressive defensive matchup because South Carolina. I, I, we've talked about how their defense has shown some some real talent. Um, I'm calling Michigan getting a little revenge in this one from the Clowny game. I'm saying Michigan 13, South Carolina 10. 
I think you're probably right, and I'd I'd probably put it at the same point differential as you. Maybe I might go twenty four twenty one or some something like that. Board, yeah. But um, but I think you're right. I think you've got it right on the head on this one. I think this might be like an old fashioned, just yeah, grind it out kind of game. I could see South Carolina maybe missing a field goal or two. We've certainly seen that. Uh, but yeah, well, I'm itching to get into the next one, the Peach Bowl, Auburn, UCF. Yeah, this is the game that I wanted for UCF. Man, um, no, no offense to Auburn fans, but this is the this is the chance that I wanted for UCF. Um, a really good team. I wanted them to play a really good team, um, and we know that Auburn's a really good team. Like I know that Georgia whooped them in the in the conference championship game, but um, we know that Auburn's really good. Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. We know that UCF is really good, and um, this. Yeah, this one's got me chomping at the bit, man. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say, my thoughts are if Scott Frost is gonna leave, obviously the whole staff is gonna coach this game. You got Malzahn with the extension, but I'm thinking before he heads out, I want Scott Frost to prove it. I want him to prove that that he can he can handle a bigger job. Uh, which I still think. I don't know. I still just think if he stays at UCF they have a, a legitimate chance to become a, you know a, a really serious contender but given the way it's going I just think if he wants to prove that he can handle that Nebraska job I think UCF has to win this game I'm saying UCF 21 Auburn 17 I uh I've ridden the UCF train this far <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting off now man yeah I think I think UCF wins by a bigger margin than that. Like multiple scores? Like, I don't know, man. Let's call it, let's call it, let's call it 38-27. All right. That's a... I think, I think that, I think that UCF is so much better than people think. And I think that they're so much more aggressive on defense than people think. And they're so much more talented on offense than people think mm. and um now i will say i will say um this is without a doubt the best defense they're gonna go up against whoa um, by far by far and um i think that if they're gonna win this game it's gonna be in the air just wild because to think. yeah because i'll be because it'll be interesting to see that that running game up against um auburn's front seven so if they're gonna win this game they've, they've got to just take advantage of that secondary matchup yeah i mean we're talking about a team that averaged like 50 points per game uh, and they just got it. They got to do what they do. They got to score points. I, I I think so too. And uh, but we'll certainly see. Uh, I'm sure Auburn will be a favorite in this one. Yes. Uh, and waiting with bated breath to see the Vegas line on this game. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I think Milton comes out in balls. Um, we'll see. Stidham is an interesting quarterback to me. I, yeah, I, uh, and we also know we're probably going to get a healthy carry on. That is a big. That's a huge factor. Yeah, um, a huge factor. I think that if uh, Auburn's big shot in this game is, you know, if if you get him rolling and you're controlling the clock and and you you give yourself the ability to throw the ball when you need to and then just run all over him, that you you know you you have a pretty solid chance. But you know we are talking about UCF is allowed like. It's like 165 rushing yards per game, uh, according to ESPN, and and under 275 passing yards. So we'll see. We'll certainly see. But on the flip side, Auburn, according to ESPN, allowing 
177 pass yards per game. That's not a lot. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yes, it will be very, very interesting. Um, well, now I guess we've we've uh, oh, we're almost there. We got one more LSU Notre Dame. This is going to be the first one that we disagree on. I think it's LSU, no question. I think it's Notre Dame. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I think that LSU has definitely improved as the year's gone along, and Notre Dame is definitely not. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you that you would probably be thinking that LSU is going to ride the momentum into this game. But I think with a little bit of time to prepare and a little bit of time for Brian Kelly's defense to kind of watch a little bit of tape on LSU's offense and mm-hmm. kind of like get a little bit of a read on them, I think that they're probably going to be able to stop Etling from throwing the ball, mm-hmm. and they're going to make the LSU offense rely on their run game, mm-hmm. which they which they can do. But really, a lot of the difference in these LSU games has been Etling. Yeah, and I think true. that they're the Notre Dame uh, secondary is actually going to do a pretty good job of stopping him mm-hmm. as like an offensive factor. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, uh, no, I, I definitely think uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out because I have it close. I have an LSU 20, Notre Dame 14. Um, I just think that you know LSU's young, they're fast, and and I think they're hungry to win a bowl uh, under Orgeron, and I I think. Uh, you know, maybe it's just because of, of how many times I watched that uh, Georgia-Notre Dame game, and then we watched, yeah, Notre Dame kind of, um, you know, not do so hot down the stretch. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i very interested to see who ends up uh, being right about this one. I have no actual uh, fact to back this up, but doesn't it kind of always feel like every two or three years LSU and Notre Dame play in the postseason? We have seen a lot of... Uh, I, I feel I, like we've seen a lot of LSU-Notre Dame games <laughs> in like the past like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, uh, just in general, Notre Dame playing SEC teams a pretty good bit in general. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't feel like Notre Dame wins this game. I'm not sure, but... We, I, should, we should put some kind of crazy bet on it. Ooh. What, what are you thinking? Oh, I don't know, man. Like... Uh, I mean, give me some time to think on it, and I will. Um, I should have picked a I should have picked a better team than Notre Dame to do this. <laughs> but uh, but um, anyways, we should yeah. Let's see. Maybe I just like totally nullified my entire uh, argument there. But um, but we'll see. Uh, we let, let let me think about it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do something fun. Maybe like a crazy weird bet or something. Yeah, like certainly, that. certainly. But I mean, we certainly have a, a. We'll have to put a video on YouTube to... or, the, or the Instagram to like of us doing something embarrassing. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. We'll we, see. Yeah, we've got a month to figure it out. Uh, maybe we'll have to eat a ghost pepper and talk about how our rivals team is really good. <laughs> uh, fun fact, though, I will say, Georgia is the only, according to Winsipedia, is the only team. In the SEC, that Notre Dame does not have a winning or an even record against all time. Uh, Them dogs is hell, don't they? Yeah, uh, they've lost Georgia twice out of two meetings, and everybody else, they uh, they're either deadlocked with or they have a six to five advantage over LSU. But that's an interesting stat to me. I wonder if that uh, that series gets tied up or if if they take a two game lead. Uh, anyway, well, well, speaking of speaking of Georgia, yeah, we're right back who- at it. You know who Georgia's never played? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know who they're about to play? Oklahoma. They're about to play Baker Mayfield. Actually. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, no, but um, they're about to play Oklahoma. Yeah, and uh, 
you've got the uh, I really appreciate this. You've got the um, team stats comparison here on the uh, on the notes, and uh, I appreciate that, man. Good looking out. Oh yeah, man. Courtesy um, of ESPN, you know. Courtesy of ESPN. <laughs> um, this is as far as uh, football fandom goes. What an insane matchup! Yeah, I'm like this. This this, this in my opinion, totally makes up for the uh, garbage Alabama Clemson game we're gonna have to watch <laughs> because this game. This game is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's a, I mean, this is a, you know, obviously as a fan, this is the kind of game that it just feels, it's such a huge matchup that it feels like a title game to me. Um, just a monstrous Rose Bowl. And this game to me is going to be the real entertaining part of this game is going to be when Oklahoma has the ball and Georgia's on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's what you've got here. Here's what you've got here. Th- these are the two stats right here back-to-back that are making me raise my eyebrows. Total yards for offense for Georgia. on This is an average, correct? Uh, Yeah, this is per game. Per game. 433 yards for Georgia mm-hmm. on offense. Total yards for Oklahoma, 583. That's So monstrous. 150 more yards per game. Look at points allowed per game. Oklahoma on defense is allowing 25 points per game. Mm-hmm. Georgia's allowing 13. Yeah. So to me, it's going to be, how can Baker Mayfield figure out the Georgia defense? Right. And uh, and what is Georgia's defense going to do to stop Baker Mayfield from being Baker Mayfield during this entire game? Uh, we saw, I will say, we saw TCU hang with them for two quarters or so, uh, but just not enough. I mean, he just they just got, you know, just outplayed and just demolished by the end of that one. So I'll be interested to see if Georgia can go four quarters with Baker Mayfield and really put pressure on him and, and, and maybe force a few mistakes. It'll be very interesting for sure. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games that Kirby just needs to stick to his guns. Yeah. Let, let, let Sony Michelle and let Nick Chubb do the work. Use Throm or use Throm. <laughs> use Fromm. To make those throws when he has to, and just pl- just play like you've played. Let your defense take over. Let your front seven um, do what they can to to stop the uh, Oklahoma running game, which is putting up uh, 215 yards on average on the ground. Mm. But Georgia's putting up 263. So obviously Georgia has the more, more powerful rushing game there. They, what's really eye opening to me is um, Oklahoma's putting up almost 370 yards a game in the air. Yeah, and Georgia's 170. Um... Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you're, the the strengths are, are cut out for us in this one, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just going to be insane. Ooh, man, it's um, going to be a big one. Well, the pass yards allowed for Georgia is 158, which is pretty good. I'd say so. I mean, all things considered, like, that's a good secondary. Um, They're just, they're going to have to play so, so lights out. Yeah, it, it really is just going to be whatever team is just dialed in and uh, is is better at containing the other strengths. I uh, I will say something that I, I wasn't really thrilled about. Um, I found out Baker Mayfield's phone number got leaked uh, online, and a bunch of Georgia fans were texting him and calling him and stuff. I just want to just, just don't do that. Don't do stuff like that because we've yeah. already seen him. Like, yeah, he's he's had some horrifically bad behavior, but you see what happens when people egg him on. I don't want that. Don't put that on this fan base. Don't put that on this team. Yeah, I just it's not cool. Just, just don't do it's that. just not cool to it's just not cool to interact with players in a weird way like that. Yeah, it's super like weird. Like if you see him if you see him at the Kroger, 
go, hey, man, you're a good football player. Good luck in the game. Good luck. Like, don't be tweeting at players being like, y'all suck, and don't be calling them and leaking their phone numbers. What are y'all doing? Because it feels that much worse if they come out and just ball out and win this game. I mean, how do you feel if you did that? Anyway. Your uh, mom was a slap you upside the head. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Georgia's heading to Pasadena, and as a fan, couldn't be more thrilled as a co-host of this podcast insane matchup two 12 and one teams um that that won their conference championship uh just going after it and we'll see who uh who ends up playing clemson speaking what's of what, your uh what's your prediction oh right well i'm not gonna go you know whatever i, I gotta roll with my team here i, I think that the way georgia has played uh i think they win this one by a field goal i'm calling 31 to 28 i think that there's i think that there's at least 45 50 points scored in this game combined yeah i'm gonna have to go with georgia too i'm gonna say it's a little bit less scoring i'm gonna say probably 27 to 21 or something like that but i gotta go with georgia because after week two you know how prophetic i am after week two that is true I texted you after y'all beat Notre Dame, and I said, it's time for Georgia to win a national championship. <laughs> and I'm not backing down now, man. Yeah. I'm going I'm going all, all dogs, man. Yeah, ride or die. I uh, I like your prediction because I, I do think that it's it's more like it's a better scenario for Georgia if they contain Oklahoma and just outlast them than if they try and boat race them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, that brings us to who uh, will the winner of this – game play and that's Bama or Clemson as we have talked about so much um just with all the politics and all the other stuff aside what do you think of this matchup who do you think wins this game this is I mean yeah look I'm gonna just take it as it is because I'm everyone knows my opinion already on this but um just looking at these teams just just you know bare bones to bare bones their statistics they are so even keel yeah. I mean these two these two teams right now on paper are the same team. Points per game, you got Alabama 39, 35 for Clemson. Points allowed, you got 11 and a half for Alabama. You got almost 13 for Clemson. Total yards per game, you got 465 for Bama, 448 for Clemson. I mean that's basically the same football team on paper. No doubt. Now, big games in my opinion always come down to quarterback play. The last game we saw Jalen Hurts play was not spectacular. It was brutal. Although, offensive line kind of sold him out. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, The last game we saw Kelly Bryant play was amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. That that game, We and that's another game we watched. We watched it. We were flipping back and forth between the Ohio State-Wisconsin game and that game. And, uh... Man, we we eventually just quit flipping back. We should talk for a second about the fact that Clemson. I mean, if there was any any shadow of a doubt uh, after the loss to Syracuse, right? Oh yeah, no, they quelled. Sometimes any, I forget any, that any that doubts. happened. That they yeah. lost that game, um, but no, they quelled any any doubts that they're the number one team are gone now. Um, I mean, they definitely are deserving of that night. number one spot. I mean, we were on the Miami train and it derailed in that game. Oh yeah, they they completely shut them down. I mean, you play um, that well and you score no points. I mean, that's I'm sorry, it's not a testament to Miami being bad. I still don't think that they're. I still think they're a good team. It's that's just how good Clemson is. Yeah, I think Clemson's really good, and um, I mean, I do think Alabama's good too, 
But um, it'll just come down to it'll just come down to how these quarterbacks play because um, Alabama has phenomenal wide receivers. Clemson has phenomenal wide receivers. Um, Clemson has a fantastic defense. Unbelievable. I mean, Venables. We talk about it. Seems like we talk about Venables every week <laughs> as yeah. needing to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the teams that that Clemson has played, um, they're better teams than Alabama has played. Definitely. But Alabama's putting up similar defensive numbers to Clemson, but the opponents are what's are what's thrown off there. So I'm interested to see how um, – because, you know, Jalen Hurts had problems against the Auburn defense. Yeah, I mean, he, he was getting pressured constantly. He was throwing it away over and over again. And if you look at that Auburn-Clemson game, I mean, Stidham still had – Stidham was still pretty green at that point. But if you look at it, Clemson's defense totally won that game for them. No doubt. And so if you look at how Jalen Hurts – performed against Alabama and you look at how I mean I'm sorry against Auburn you look at how Auburn performs against Clemson it's easy to see how Jalen Hurts could kind of get a little sketchy yeah. in this game yeah and I think the the thing going for Alabama to me and in, coming into this game is you know they they need a chance to get healthy they need a chance to fix the weird miscues uh you know like the snap issues at Jordan Hare the special teams issues which have been crazy um but uh I think with a month to prepare for this game, I just see Saban tightening things up to a point where this is going to be um, a really even matchup as it looks on paper. By the time we get there, I definitely think if they play today, it's Clemson all day for me. I would say just about no contest, um, which is hard to say. But, yeah, man, I uh, I, I got to say with my – were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say that I um, I think that's a really good point that you bring up. And uh, I was going to go there if you didn't. I think w- with so much time to prepare, I don't think we'll see a repeat of the Iron Bowl. Exactly, exactly. I don't think there's going to be a scenario where the— And if the wheels do fall off, oh, man, we're going to have a doozy of an episode. <laughs> especially especially since that center is most likely dead. Oh, yeah. I uh, I don't even know where he is right now. <laughs> he's, done, he's, he's, still, he's still doing up-downs to this day. <laughs> um, he's, he's still running sprints to this day. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, well, just in terms of predictions, I'm saying, you know, Bama won in the championship game 45-40 to 40 in 2016. They lost last year 35-31. to 31. I'm saying they, uh, they flip it back over again and win this one. I'm saying uh, Bama 27-24. I'm saying they, they earned that, uh, that admission into the playoff. With a you're win. painting a, uh, yeah, you're painting a uh, interesting national title game here. I want... Georgia Bama in the title game. I call me what you want. Uh, I'm not being a homer. That's just the SEC championship that I didn't get, <laughs> and I want to see it. I would absolutely love to see Georgia Clemson. I think it'd be an amazing matchup as well. I know the last time Georgia played Clemson, they got absolutely whooped. But you know, as an SEC fan, and this is an SEC podcast, I want to see Georgia play Bama in the title game. Um, I definitely think. I definitely think Bama's. I mean, I know you want to see that, but I think Bama's the opponent that you really want. Because um, I think Clemson's a lot better than Alabama. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other thing. And you know, I, I want to see. Yeah, I just think Kirby coaches better, plays better against Bama. I agree with that. That's that's the other side of the coin for me. Is is totally valid. Uh, you just want to see Kirby Smart beat Nick Saban, don't you? You know it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> that's basically what you're trying to get at. Is you just want to see the student become the master. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are definitely all the variables for me. I, I want to see. The SEC championship I thought was going to happen, that didn't happen. I want to see. I I do. I'm pretty. I could definitely see Clemson coming out and 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 beating Georgia. Um, 
you know, I could see Georgia beating Clemson as well. I'm just saying, you know, if we're talking about it. And, yeah, of course, I would love to see Kirby play Nick Saban and win. Are you kidding? That would be unbelievable. In year two, I mean, that's like that's like Georgia Hall of Fame status. Um, yeah, that's 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 the height. I mean, like, that would that's blow the, my you, mind. You go, you go to the very top in year two, that's insane. Um, but, yeah, that's we have a very interesting month ahead of us. I agree. I, so, so just for the record... So, Which we will we will be checking in throughout the month. We're not going to abandon you guys. Oh and yeah, show back we'll up be, at the end of the month. Yeah, we'll be talking stuff and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be checking in with you. Have some silly episodes or whatever. But um, just to clarify, just bottom line. So your best two teams from the playoff right now, just pure. You know, forget projections. Forget uh, what's happened when it comes to to January first. Who do you think the two best teams are? That should play in the uh, title game. That deserve this title game. Georgia and Clemson. Me too. Georgia and Clemson, I think, are the two teams that really deserve it. Um, Oklahoma it is difficult for me because I think their offense is totally deserving. I just don't think their defense has what it takes. I don't either. Um, I think if they got matched up with Clemson, they'd lose. I think if they got matched up with Alabama, they'd probably lose. Um, it's just like they, they rely so much on Baker Mayfield, and I know he can do it. Like I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he can. It's just that... You have to have a defense. Yeah. And they ha- they have the weakest defense of these four teams by far. Well, I agree with you 100%. I think um, with as little bias as I can muster, just from watching so much footage of all four of these teams this year, I think uh, Georgia and Clemson are just the most well-rounded teams on the whole and uh, and have performed the most consistently. Uh, and, yeah, we will uh, – We'll see if they meet. We'll see what it's going to be. Honestly, I think this could end up any combination. I think it could be any. I think it could be Bama, Oklahoma. I think it could be Clemson, Georgia. I think it'd be Clemson, Oklahoma. You get the picture. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will see. We will see. Well, do you want to? Um, do you want to go ahead and call it an episode? Do you want to run through maybe just a couple of interesting out of conference bowl matchups? Do you want to tell me a funny joke? <laughs> uh. I'm sweating too much about this playoff to think of any jokes, but if I come up with any, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. You want to get into some bowls? I mean, we're we're clocking about an hour twenty, something like that. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We we but, let's uh, let's let, let me just mention a couple of these. Let's do it. Okay. Good. I'm I glad. just think I. I think that there are a few interesting um, out of conference bowl games that I think are worth your attention if you want to. Um, expand your horizons a little bit and watch some bowl games um first of all i want to start at boise state versus oregon um which is the las vegas bowl Mm. on uh saturday december 16th i think you should all tune into that one because um both of these teams have really great offenses defenses could use some work but i think you're going to see a lot of points in this game yeah so tune into that one if if you want points um on that same day troy plays north texas if you're into G5 teams like me, you know Troy, obviously, from that LSU game. Uh, North Texas um, <laughs> North Texas is definitely an improved team. Um, that one, I think, would have a lot of points in it. I would watch that game as well. Um, moving on, Friday, December 22nd, in the Bahamas Bowl, the UAB Blazers are playing in a bowl game in their first year back Dude, as a football team. Dude, that's incredible to me. That's one of the best inc- stories of the year. Absolutely, which is incredible. And they're playing a really good Ohio Bobcats team out of the MAC. Um, 
this game is totally worth it. It's at 11.30 a.m. on Friday, December 22nd. Not quite to Christmas if you got nothing to do on a Friday. I, I definitely say watch this game, if nothing, just for the Cinderella story that is the UAB football team. Yeah, I mean, if they win this game, that's a huge accomplishment for this program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a low-key good matchup, I think. Uh, Kansas State versus UCLA in the Cactus Bowl on December 26th, I think, is going to be pretty good. Yeah, that'll be um, cool. Josh- Josh Rosen in perhaps his last game as a UCLA Bruin. Wow. Definitely got to take a look at that. Bill Snyder and maybe his last game as Kansas State head coach. <laughs> you have to say that every year. By, by cho- Yeah, it's like by choice or by laws of nature. Um. Um, I think tune into that one. Um, now, the one that I am going to tune into just from a totally like just, I don't know, masochistic place. Um, Southern Mississippi versus Florida State. In the yeah. Walk-On's Independence Bowl, Wednesday, December twenty seventh. <laughs> um, I just want to see Florida State play in a crappy bowl. To be honest with you, no, no offense to Florida State, it's just like you never see it. <laughs> you never get to see that. Well, and and you, it obviously would be amazing. And Southern Miss is on the rise. Yeah, it'd be amazing if Southern Miss won this game. I just think if um, you're Southern Miss, you're kind of like, man, really, Florida State? Come on, like there's worse. But I don't know. Florida State's been pretty bad, but they've. I don't know what to make of this game. It's a weird matchup to me. Yeah, well, on that same day, just a few hours later, uh, at 4.15, you have the New Era Pinstripe Bowl with the Iowa Hawkeyes versus the Boston College Eagles. Um, If you want two teams that are sneakily kind of good, take a look at that one. I think that one's going to be really close and low scoring. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see, what else have we got here? Oh, really good one. Uh, the Camping World Bowl on Thursday, December 28th, you have Virginia Tech versus Oklahoma State. I love that matchup. I think Oklahoma State wins that one, but it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Same day at the Alamo Bowl, we have Stanford and TCU. That is, is an um, awesome matchup. Which is another really, really good matchup. It's going to be interesting to see how Kenny Trill handles the Stanford defense. Um, let's see, Washington State <laughs> and Michigan State is going to be a really good matchup. In the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday. Good God. San Diego (laughs) County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Okay. (laughs) That is at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And um, that is going to maybe round it out for me. I think, um, oh, the Cotton Bowl, obviously, USC and Ohio State. That's a really good matchup there. That's a really Um, big chance for Ohio State to either. I mean, if Ohio State rolls in that game, not saying they will, I think USC, we've seen some talent, but what? ah, that's going to leave a weird taste in everybody's mouth. Um, uh, Memphis, Memphis is playing Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl, which that's not fair. Memphis, that's their home stadium. <laughs> yeah. Memphis literally what? plays every game at home in the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that's a bad state. That's a bad draw for an Iowa State team that deserves better, I think. No offense to Memphis, but I mean, Iowa State played so well this year. I don't think they deserve to play a team in their home stadium. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's very rough. Yeah. Um, Washington and Penn State is going to be a great game in the Fiesta Bowl, sponsored by PlayStation. Um, and then yeah, Wisconsin and Miami. That's a, to me like after all said and done, Wisconsin Miami is a great matchup. I mean, yeah, those two is. teams have very similar seasons, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Those are all great picks. I, I think those are definitely all. There's a lot of good. Like we we talk about everything, but the matchups here, I like them. I think there there's nothing really too lopsided. Um, well, we I have not pitched this idea to you at all, so I'll pitch it to you live on the show. Let's do it. Um, 
if there's anybody out there that might be interested, we could possibly start a uh, bowl pick 'em pool. Oh yeah, I have a couple. If you wanted to, yeah. If you if you wanted to start a uh, show group, we could do that. If any of you listeners out there want to join our show group and just see who comes out on top, um, after we get done recording this show, I'm gonna pick all my bowl winners, and so I can start a group if you guys would be into that. And if you want to, you can sign up and. uh, and do some bowl pickums with us. That'd be really fun. I think we should absolutely do that. I have my bowl mania. Just I, I do the straight down uh, entries, and I, I would love to do a little little cast listener, little caster bowl picks. That'd be cool. Do you do? A, is it a weighted one where you put your uh, confidence points? I don't usually do the weighted on matchups, but uh, I definitely think it's fun to do both. I, I just yeah. Th- I usually do one of each. This year I did two. Straight throughs. Um, what do you usually do? I usually do the the weighted ones with the confidence points, just because it kind of makes things a little bit more interesting. But we'll discuss it, and we'll uh, keep keep uh, keep tabs on our social media pages, and we'll uh, make an announcement. Yeah, about I think that that'd be on. real fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, just to just to let you all know, going forward, we are going to continue to try to stay at that once a week format. Um, we're going to try to check in with you once a week just to see what's going on and maybe talk about some things that have happened, maybe some news, hopefully some good bowl games. Yeah, and do some fun stuff, you know, some stuff yeah, we don't yeah, get to do. do. Some, do some weird episodes, talk about some history, talk about some stuff that's cooling on our minds and whatnot. So um, you got anything else before we call it an episode? Not really. Just, uh, yeah, go dogs, and uh, we'll see what happens in these bowls. <laughs> go, and the, the obligatory, is- unbiased, roll tide. We'll see how the SEC does in these bowls across the board. Yeah. Them dogs is hail, don't they? <laughs> well, we should just have a Squidbillies right. quotes episode. That, that'd be a four-hour-long episode. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Write to, us, write to us at askthebottlecast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BottleCast. Listen to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Oh, leave us a rating. Woo. That'd be real cool to you. I haven't checked on my the name. ratings. We have any ratings? Um, I haven't checked on them either. <laughs> That's probably so bad to say after I ask every episode. <laughs> I'm gonna look. Um, anyway, um, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. My name is Clint Childers. His name is uh, Mitch Davis. Almost forgot your name. <laughs> the Georgia Peach. And uh, we'll see you next week. See y'all next week. Auburn. Auburn. Truck. He likes truck.